Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Talk Concord, a City of Concord, New Hampshire podcast. This monthly podcast brings you information about current and future happenings centered on why Concord is a great place to live, work, play, and invest. I'm Stephanie Breton, Public Information Officer, and I'm here today with Jeffrey Stewart, Project First Director at the Concord Fire Department. So welcome, Jeff. Hi, uh, thank, thank you, you all very much. Here. Well, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. So you've been with us for a few months now. I know you've been really busy meeting with a lot of people, attending events, um, kind of moving this program forward since it was uh, proposed for the grant um, now that you're officially our director here. So could you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what brought you to this opportunity? Sure. Um, well, again, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, basically, I've been in emergency medical services since 1986. I started in the Army as a medic and continued when I got out of the service. Um, I started teaching street drugs and designer drugs and substance use disorder issues back in 1998. Mm -hmm. And that began my transformation from focusing primarily on emergency medicine and physical uh, crisis type physical crisis, mental health crisis management, which is EMS, mm -hmm. into the substance use disorder field. Uh, and then in 2012, I actually obtained my Arise Intervention credential, so I'm an actual credentialed interventionist. I mm -hmm. uh, began working a lot with families and veterans and people in crisis suffering from, from substance use disorder. And then uh, during that, I'm still a paramedic, still teaching, still working with ambulance services, et cetera, running my own company, doing interventions and education and consulting on substance use disorder. The grant opportunity came around. I threw my hat in the ring, and here yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're yeah. very happy to have you. Um, I think you have a really good background for this role, so um, we're really excited to have you um, in charge of this program. Well, it's exciting to be here. It's quite the opportunity, and hats off to Concord Fire for having the vision to pull it forward. We'll mm -hmm. talk a little bit as we go along on that. Yeah, yeah. So kind of moving on to the Project First program, um, can you give us a brief overview of the grant and kind of um, your role as director for sure. people who aren't familiar? At this yes, point? absolutely. So Project First is an extension of a federal regulation, FR-CARA, which uh, created a law to increase funding for first responders dealing with substance use disorder in their communities. Mm -hmm. Got handed off to SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse Mental Health Administration, our services administration. And then the state of New Hampshire applied for the grant as a state, which is a little different. Mm -hmm. um, it, the grant was open. Communities could apply. But the state of New Hampshire decided to take it on as a whole. Mm -hmm. And they did. They obtained it. Took them about a year. Once they got it, took them about a year to um, figure out how to handle it locally. Concord Fire Department recognized the need within the greater Concord or Concord proper in the greater Concord area for the opioid crisis. Recognized mm -hmm. a need to do something, be more involved. Uh, applied for the grant. Took them about a year to get it. Mm -hmm. uh, went through the process, posted it, and and uh, I came on board. But Project First stands for the first is first responders initiating recovery support and treatment. First responders initiating recovery support and treatment. Mm -hmm. And my role is to facilitate developing the grant, uh, following through with the goals, which we'll talk about in a second with the grant, mm -hmm. and then really looking at sustainability and what do we do uh, if. If the project works, which so far it is, knock on wood, mm -hmm. um, or, or whatever this is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prefab stuff. Um, knock on the table. Yeah, knock on the yeah. table, that prefab table. <laughs> so it seems to be going well. Um, and then the sustainability piece is part of what I'm developing as well. Mm -hmm. 
So the goals are pretty straightforward. Uh, the first one is to educate the public and first responders about substance use disorder and specifically opioid use disorder, which mm -hmm. is a subset. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity there, not only with the first responders, but also the public at large. So the education piece. Second is to reduce opioid overdose and opioid overdose death mm -hmm. with distribution of the naloxone, which is Narcan. People refer to it as Narcan. That's the brand name. Mm -hmm. But the naloxone kits, opioid overdose reduction. And then the third piece is to co collaborate with other agencies and facilitate an individual in treatment. And that's where Concord's doing a little different mm -hmm. than some of the other communities. So we're actually, and part of my role is I've, we're creating this network amongst the public, safe, uh, public agencies and, and organizations that do substance use treatment. Mm -hmm. Patient is identified, be it through family or, or through our interactions from a 911 perspective. With their consent, with the patient's consent, I'll actually case manage them. So we enroll them in our program, and I'll case manage. I'll meet them where they're at mm -hmm. and work with them to get them into treatment, uh, motivational interviewing and that kind of uh, approach, uh, intervention work. And once, once the person's ready and willing, we'll facilitate them into treatment. Uh, so that's that collaboration piece. And Concord's doing it a little different with the whole idea of case managing a patient, which is pretty forth forthright or for forward thinking. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the fourth piece of any federal grant, what do you do when the money's gone? So sustainability. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on bridging that sustain or maintaining that sustainability uh, once the federal money goes away. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing, and, and uh, kudos to the Concord Fire Department, is the state, this is through the Department of Safety, uh, this grant, and the state recognized Concord Fire as a lead agency for that. So mm -hmm. Any work I do within the city, forms, processes, all that stuff kind of mm -hmm. gets duplicated and sent off to the state and distributed to the other no agencies. Pressure no pressure. <laughs> none at all. So yeah. so my mistakes get magnified, which right. makes it more entertaining <laughs> for my wide. colleagues. Yeah, yeah they can sit there and laugh <laughs> and say, ha, nice try. We told you. Um, so we do I'm that. I'm sure they don't do that. No, they, no. <laughs> a little, a little chop busting in a good way. It's all, it's all mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. And, um. It's quite the, quite the feather in the hat for the Concord Fire Department. I think the state recognizes that we're taking this on really, really aggressively, being a little creative with the grant, mm -hmm. uh, pushing the boundaries, and um, working on this issue. Mm -hmm. Actually, can we go back to that um, kind of case management piece for a sure. second? Because I know you said that's kind of different. It is definitely different. Because I know before we had Aaron McIntyre in here, mm -hmm. before you, you know, he was... Um, He's the deputy chief. He's the my boss. deputy chief who... So is, when I make people um, mad, that's who they can call. <laughs> <Right>. Deputy Chief <laughs> McIntyre. Um, I know he was, um, you know, putting the grant together before he mm -hmm. came on board. And so he he was on here, I think, in January. So yes. it's nice to have you back and kind of an update on the program. Yeah. Um, we got the money. We yes, got the grant. It was We're great. moving. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's nice to have, I think, this is kind of a depressing subject for some people. So I it think it's be. nice it's to tough. have some positive things to talk about. What are we doing? You know, yeah. not just this is a huge problem. Right. Um, We're taking action. So the case management piece is really interesting, like you said, because I know Aaron talked uh, before that, you know, they felt a little bit limited in some of the things they mm -hmm. could do, or you're just kind of releasing that person Absolutely. back, you know, into the community and you, and you want to help them, obviously. Right. So we engage the patient in two ways. Mm -hmm. First, obviously through our 911 system, if there's an actual overdose or an issue involving opioids, mm -hmm. the ambulance, our fire crews get there with the ambulance, they treat the patient, stabilize, and frequently, not always, but frequently the patient's already had naloxone mm -hmm. and may be 
for lack of a better term, to the public awake. Mm -hmm. So they're not unresponsive. They're not in the midst of an overdose. Mm -hmm. They don't want to go to the emergency room. But yet, prior to this, we didn't really have a, what do we do? Right, right. Um, they're competent. They, you know, they have cap capacity, so they understand the risks and benefits. They're fully capable of saying yes, no, and, and giving consent. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to go to the emergency room. And to be honest with you, the emergency department has a hard time managing them because they're great at stabilizing the crisis. Mm -hmm. If the crisis is stabilized, the immediate life-threatening crisis, uh, the emergency department's really not the place to get into substance use disorder treatment. Right, right. So that's where I come along or where this grant comes along. Mm -hmm. So we can we get consent to follow up, and I'll follow up with the patient either later that day or within 24 to 72 hours, depending on the time frame, mm -hmm. and whether or not they went to the hospital or not. Sometimes they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll work with them wherever they are. And when I say that, those that have dealt with substance use disorder or have family, when I refer to meeting them at their own place, mm -hmm. That's a, a phraseology we use where I kind of make an assessment. Where are they for change? Mm -hmm. Are they ready to go into treatment? Are they just contemplating it? Are they not sure what to do, what mm -hmm. their options are? are? Is there fear? What kind of barriers? Mm -hmm. So I identify that. I work with them to reduce those barriers and then facilitate them, if they're ready, into treatment. Mm -hmm. If they're not ready, then <laughs> we enroll them and I can follow up and mm -hmm. we'll work on harm reduction techniques. Mm -hmm. So... Naloxone kits, mm -hmm. checking in. What are your plans for today? What are your plans for tonight? Do you have? Is there a homelessness issue? Is there a insurance issue? Is there a hunger issue? Uh, what can we do to get you a little more ready or a little closer to go into actual substance use disorder treatment? What do you need? And then I'll work with them through that process. Mm -hmm. It does a couple of things. One, I think personally as somebody who works in this population prior to this position, it helps to establish some hope because mm -hmm. a lot of times these patients feel they have no hope. Right. It's right. not true. There's always hope. So we try to establish that. We also try to reduce those barriers because there's a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. And there are other barriers that might be for preventing them to going into treatment. Mm -hmm. Money is a huge one. No mm -hmm. insurance. So we'll work with them. And I'll collaborate part of that collaboration piece, working with the doorway, working with two-on-one, working with other treatment agencies, and other service providers mm -hmm. in Concord, in mm -hmm. our area. So maybe I'm working with the um, human services department and we're working on a homeless issue or a job placement issue or, or food hunger issues, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. So I'll work with them, collaborate, and we'll kind of case manage them. And the ultimate goal is to get them into treatment, mm -hmm. get them through treatment, and get them back, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah, so that that's I think that's a nice important piece for people. It's, to, it's an important piece, and it's a little different. It it mm -hmm. gives it gives a little separation with Concord in terms of what why are they different than any other community using this money, mm -hmm. and kind of led the city uh, the state to kind of say, yeah, you guys are pushing the envelope, keep pushing, and then turn everything over to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. your, tag your lead agency, and mm -hmm. whatever you develop, we want to see it. Right. Matter of fact, we want a copy of it. And I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> In a word editable mm -hmm. format. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That we can use. Yeah. Yes. And um, duplicate and everything. But that, else. that's that's great though. Um, so I know you brought one of the um, overdose Narcan kits. Overdose kits. Naloxone um, kits. Naloxone kits. And 
people sometimes have mixed feelings on the use of those. Absolutely. So lots of mixed feelings. There's anger out they're there. They're very controversial sometimes. Um, very. So that's putting it very mildly. I <laughs> yes. tell you, the public relations person, you're good at that spin. <laughs> Thank you. They outwardly fight me on it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, I have to say, I think the response to this uh, grant and program has been very positive. It but has. I know in the grand, you know, yeah. scheme of healthcare and first responders. Absolutely. Um, so how do you respond to that? Well, first of all, I'm glad they ask mm-hmm. because I'd rather have them ask than mm-hmm. make up their own uh, interpretations and not seek the right information. So I'm very happy when people ask and vocalize, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And and the question I often get is, Jeff, you're giving the naloxone, yet you're not giving free chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's look at that. Mm-hmm. So chemotherapy, which is, this is a classic debate I people present to me. Mm-hmm. So chemotherapy, the medications of chemotherapy are designed to treat and ultimately cure the cancer. Right. Okay. They're, they're, treatment medications. Mm -hmm. Naloxone does not do that. Mm -hmm. Naloxone strictly reverses the overdose situation. It does not treat an opioid use disorder. It does not treat a substance use disorder. It only reverses the overdose and prevents the death. Mm -hmm. So it's it's what we call a harm reduction technique. That's the phraseology. That's the terminology in our in the profession. Mm-hmm. So it's a harm reduction initiative. I there is absolutely nothing left if the patient dies. Mm-hmm. There's no hope. There's no chance for hope. There's no chance for recovery if they're dead. Mm-hmm. Naloxone reverses the current overdose, brings them back to a a cognitive state, mm-hmm. a state of capacity. And then we can work with them to hopefully get them into some kind of meaningful treatment and long-sustaining treatment or mm-hmm. in recovery. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not designed to treat the opioid overdose. It doesn't cure the opiate, in the opiate use disorder. It strictly corrects or reverses the overdose situation and prevents the death. That's mm-hmm. what it does. And as you've kind of discussed, it's just one piece. It's one piece. So it's one tool. It's one that tool. First responders exactly. Have, yeah. But it's not meant to. It's not meant um, to cure. To cure. Yeah. It's not meant to treat substance use disorder. It's not mm-hmm. meant to treat opioid use disorder. It mm-hmm. is strictly meant to reverse the overdose and prevent the death. So it's a harm reduction technique. That's all. One to your point, I like that. One of the tools in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's kind of important to point out that it. I know at times it is a little bit controversial. It can be. Um, and and I think, you know, when you're talking about federal monies and, and grant monies, the, the, the citizens have a right to ask. Mm-hmm. And they have a right to know, what are we mm-hmm. spending money on? Why are we spending this money? Mm-hmm. So back to this grant, I'm tracking everything. So not only do we track how many naloxone kits we give out, I track how many t- classes we teach, how many people were in the class. I track, um, you know, how much money we've spent, where we've spent it, all these things, because it's accountability mm-hmm. and it's an, an outcome measure. Mm-hmm. So you can measure the grant in a couple of ways. One is how many naloxone kits did you give out? How many classes have you taught? How many people have you impacted? You can also say, well, how many overdose or how many at-risk patients have you gotten into treatment or have you enrolled in your program? So we're looking at all that stuff and we had to set all that up. Mm-hmm. We had the grant left and right boundaries, the four goals. And then the measuring and all that mat- matrix development stuff we had to do. Mm-hmm. And then now everyone takes what we 
wrote up. <laughs> now I have to report to <laughs> Now I give it to everybody. everybody. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that expedites it for them and makes it easier. I'm all for it. Right, right. And hopefully it's a lot of good news coming out of it. Um, yes. So speaking of the kits and classes and trainings, mm-hmm. um, I know you're conducting some ongoing trainings second and fourth Mondays of the month. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So we have hands-only CPR training and naloxone training on September 23rd, October 14th, November 11th, November 25th, December 9th, December 23rd. And we'll repeat where all that is in a second. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're teaching people how to do hands-only CPR so they could save a life if somebody was in a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And we're teaching them how to use a naloxone kit, an opioid overdose kit. Mm-hmm. So we'll teach them that. And then they'll walk out of the training. Training takes just about an hour, a little less, depending on how many people. Okay. They'll walk out with a naloxone kit in their hand and two skills, hands-only CPR mm-hmm. and how to use the naloxone kit in less than an hour. Oh, that's great. No yeah. charge to them. Right. No all charge, free. To, all free. Mm-hmm. We do it right over at headquarters, uh, fire department training room. And if they want some more information, they can contact us on our website. They can... Um, we'll go over phone numbers and emails towards the end of this podcast. So they'll have the ways to get in touch with us. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds good. Yeah. I know we've, uh, put some information on Facebook too. Yes. To remind people when that is. So again, this topic can be a little bit depressing, but I know you have some (laughs) good, you have some good information for us. So, um, can we highlight some of the the positive effects sure. that you've seen so far? Um, you know, I know you're already making some positive impacts of the things you're doing. We're trying. I um, think I think some of the challenge is to get the word out. Mm-hmm. So we're always working on that. And the podcast is an example. The community TV um, snippet we did, the Facebook yep. posting. We're trying to keep people engaged and get the word out. Mm-hmm. But I started the first week of May. And as I said, we had to come on board and set up all the tracking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've trained 97% of our fire department on opioid use disorder um, and what the program is and what addiction is and those types of things and substance use disorder. We went live late June. And when I say live, we were ready to enroll patients. We were ready to give out naloxone kits and all that. So far, we've given out about 70 naloxone kits. Okay. I've uh, enrolled two or three patients into the program that aren't in treatment, Uh, But I've enrolled them, and I'm working with them to facilitate them in the treatment at some point. Uh, We had, I have two specific cases. Um, Obviously, I won't identify the names, Mm -hmm. but person who's not enrolled because he's completed it, he was a, his stepfather reached out to our fire department. He's a 27-year-old male, and he, the fire department, the fire station that the stepfather just called. He mm-hmm. just called the fire station kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And the guys had already been educated, knew about it, got the information, got it over to me. I followed up with the stepfather. And then I was able to make contact with the patient. And not only did I verbally speak to him, but we actually, I actually got to meet him mm-hmm. in physical contact with him. Um, he was ready to go to treatment. Didn't take much to push him into treatment. Mm-hmm. And in collaboration with the doorway here in Concord, in less than 24 hours, we had him into a 30-day treatment program, which was pretty impressive, less mm-hmm. than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in the middle of that, and the reports I've had so far, doing well. That's good. So that's, yeah. that's uh, pretty positive. And it, and it shows the collaborative effort between Concord Fire Department, the doorway here in Concord, as well as some other entities to really... We identified him, you know, we, he, stepdad reached out from out of state, just oh, as an okay. FYI, which was mm-hmm. even more interesting. Mm-hmm. But the son 
the stepson lives here in Concord. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just calling for information. Didn't even know about Project First. Oh, but wow. our firefighters yeah. educated the stepfather on Project First, got the info, handed it off to me. So it was well done, good collaborative effort, mm-hmm. and uh, success story that he's in treatment. That's I had another, <laughs> another case uh, interesting that I got follow up on at the 10,000 Candles event mm-hmm. uh, Thursday, two Thursdays ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago yeah. there, right, in front of the state house. Yeah, in the front of the state house. So um, prior to that, we had an overdose. Um, our crew went on scene. The patient, our crew gave naloxone, resuscitated the individual. Um, he was not doing well mm-hmm. with the overdose. This was a more severe overdose and a lot of good hard work by our paramedic crews. They brought him back uh, literally from death's door had a conversation with him, got consent um, for me to follow up. I did the follow up uh, within a day and had a couple of conversations, just a little push, and he got right back into treatment. He he had been in treatment successfully. He had been in recovery. He had what we call a reoccurrence. Some people call it a relapse, but it's mm-hmm. really a reoccurrence of the disease. Mm-hmm. So it was short but it was severe, mm-hmm. which is not unusual when people go into treatment and they they purge their system of the opioids and then for whatever reason they use again, mm-hmm. they're very, very susceptible to overdose and unfortunately, frequently it's a permanent overdose. It's a death issue. Right, um, right. But this individual, I won't identify him he's, other than he's 31 years old. I was at the 10,000 Candles event. He sought us out, came mm-hmm. right over to Concord Fire, um, I had spoken to him a couple of times, so he, he knew who I was. We had a conversation. He wanted to pass on his gratitude to the fire department and the specific crews that worked with him and to let us know that he had completed treatment and he'd been over 30 days clean oh, and sober. His words, yeah. 30 days clean and sober. And mm-hmm. there are some people in the world, in the recovery world, that don't use that terminology. Those were his words. And he wanted me to pass on to the crew uh, his appreciation, gratitude, and the fact that he was doing well. So... Very positive. And again, a good example of the crew was aware of the program. Mm -hmm. They handled the emergency situation, which they do awesomely Mm -hmm. and have for a long time. Right. We just, they just have a little more education about the opioid use disorder. Mm -hmm. Had a conversation with them, got some permissions, handed it right off to me, follow up, collaborative effort. He just required, this patient just required a little push, just a tiny one. Didn't need a lot of work because he had been in recovery before. Right. Understood that he was in a relapse situation or a recurrent situation. And uh, right into treatment and then followed up and let the crew know. So that was pretty pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's That's nice good. when the crews get to get the feedback from the patients that, hey, what you did made a difference and I'm here because of what you did. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That would be great if you could um, kind of stay... Yeah, Where and that, it's a, it's a you know frequently described as a chronic relapsing disease, mm-hmm. um, so reoccurrence does happen, mm-hmm. but as a person goes through treatment, they learn every single time, mm-hmm. and just to get it out there, I have some clients pri- previous to Project First and you know one or two within Project First that have gone through treatment a couple of times. But they'll come right out and say, every time I learn something. Yeah, yeah. And it just takes some practice, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, 100% recoverable. Yeah. So there's two examples. Yeah, very positive, that's exciting. That's very positive, less yeah. than Less than two months of the project. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty awesome. And, it, and it's, a, it's a feather to the Concord Fire Department. Mm-hmm. I'm just the guy that sits in the seat and 
You get to talk about it. I get to talk about it. I get to take. Yeah. No, I don't take any credit. <laughs> the guys get the credit for, it and the girls. Our department gets. The, the credit department for it. gets the credit. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, not not you personally, no, but no, the, I just, the department. Yeah, it's I just fill out paperwork and facilitate things along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that's a great uh, testament to kind of the collaboration of multiple people too. Um, we did talk about if people want more information from you. Yep. So could you go over I sure. maybe some of the ways? Do you need this? No, I got you it. Got it? Okay. So I love the fact they get in touch with me. They got a couple of ways to get in touch with me. We can You can reach us through our webpage, mm-hmm. which is www.conquerednh.gov slash fire department. Uh, once you're on that fire department page, there's a little bar there for Project First. Mm-hmm. Click it, and you've got all kinds of information. We have our brochures up there. We have our um, dates. There's a couple of videos that you helped get us up on the TV thing. The cover TV is yep. on, and that that's good. excellent. Uh, maybe we'll get the podcast over there. Yep, I think we can add it once we're done. <laughs> that's fantastic. So they can do it through the website. They can also reach me at 603-225-8666. Okay. Number was not intentional. It's just what happened. Right. It's okay. So 603-225-8666. <laughs> okay. Um, and then they can also hit me up on email, which is jstewart at conquerednh.gov. So that's J Stewart S T E W A R T at conquerednh.gov. Awesome. So those are three ways to get a hold of me. And if and if people can't remember, just call the fire station mm-hmm. or call the fire department, mm-hmm. not nine one one. Right. <laughs> I want to be clear. Right. <laughs> Don't call nine one one to say, Hey, can I talk to the project first guy? No. Call the headquarters fire station. The non-emergency line. The non-emergency line and just ask for me or ask for Project First and I'll get it. Okay. And I'd love to talk to people, like to get more information. We're happy to do trainings, uh, education, whatever folks want to need. If they just want a little intro on what this is and what is Narcan or Naloxone and what does it look like and how does it work, happy to do it. If they want some more information on treatment or training, Happy to do it. I'll work with families, individuals at risk, or businesses that just want some info. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Is there anything else you want to add about the program before? um, Yeah, kind of some, some you know, parting thoughts here. Mm -hmm. I think a couple of things. I want to be clear that Concord Fire Department recognized a need within the community, Mm -hmm. the opioid epidemic. They took deliberate action, pursued a grant, secured the grant. And we're acting upon that grant, mm-hmm. and, it's, and that's a that's a big deal. You know, it's a, a, a forward-thinking department mm-hmm. for the individuals suffering, both the individual and the family. Just a couple of things: one, it is a treatable disease process. Mm-hmm. There is hope, mm-hmm. for sure, no doubt in my mind. I've seen it. I got cases. Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Treatment and recovery is absolutely possible, and living a fun, fulfilling, productive life mm-hmm. after this is totally obtainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's hope. There's help. Concord Fire is here to help. Give us a call on Project First. We'll work with you wherever you're at and, and facilitate you into treatment. So there's hope. There's help. And Concord Fire is responding to a community need. Yeah, thank you. That, You're welcome. I think that really wraps it up on a good <laughs> note <laughs> with with uh, a lot of the, the things that are going on, um, the positive, positive success stories. Yeah. Um, I think we'll probably also be, you know, kind of keeping in touch with you and the department, um, you know, for more of this information. Oh, yeah. You know, happy to come back. Points, so. ha- yeah, happy to come back. Um, 
you know, we have to do quarterly reports to the state and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for anyone who's a data-driven person, Mm -hmm. it's all public information, nothing secret. Right, And uh, happy to share it, so... Well, thank yeah. you so much again for being Thanks here for today. Having us. Thank you for the update. Love it. Um, our we had a great response to our uh, podcast when um, Deputy Chief McIntyre was here. So I think this is a great follow up. So thank you Excellent. again. Well, thanks for listening. Reach out. <laughs> Sounds good. And I just want to remind people of a couple other things going on. We do have uh, Wings and Wheels at the airport this Sunday from ten to two. So we're going to have um, antique classic cars, aircraft. Uh, participation um, demos you can participate in those demos activities uh, completely free we'll have food trucks with uh, food for purchase and you can get more information there's an event and parking map at concordnh.gov slash wings and wheels there will also be the multicultural festival in concord going on on sunday so just a heads up that um capitol street from main street to north state street will be closed for this event it's 11 to 4 um, in front of the state house the concord police department is doing their stuff a cruiser event with the new hampshire food bank again this year so there's a donation box at the department at 35 green street and then this saturday they'll be at shaw's at fort eddie plaza from 9 a.m to 1 p.m and that's with the salvini Salvation Army of Concord. And then next Sunday, the 29th, they'll be at Hannaford on Fort Eddy Road from 9 to 1, and that one is with uh, Friends of Forgotten Children. So you can donate non-glass, non-perishable food. Next weekend is the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen's Capital Arts Fest. So we just want to remind people they will be closing South Main Street for this event, and that starts at 2 a.m. on Friday morning. So if you're in this area and you park there, please plan accordingly for parking so you don't get towed, trapped, ticketed, all that negative stuff we don't want to happen. Um, So come out for that event. And then also happening next Saturday, the 28th, is the Concord Trails Committee's September hike, and they're going on Rise Way Broken Ground Trails. That starts at 10 a.m., and you can find a trail map and the parking location at concordnh.gov trails. And then finally, we just want to remind people that the Audi, the Concord uh, City Auditorium, just released their fall schedule. So you can check that out at concordcityauditorium.org. So be sure to tune in uh, to our next podcast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes, and you can find a wealth of information on ConcordNH.gov. You can sign up for our city manager's newsletter that comes out on Friday, and follow us on social media. So until next time, Concord, we will be signing off for today. Thank you again, Jeff. Thanks for having me.